Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. that the Broncos pulled off two trades today. Thank you, Todd, for getting that yeah. uh, that that yeah. off the top. Will with only one L, by mm-hmm. the way. Broncos bringing in Will Lutz, friend of Sean Payton's, and saying goodbye to Albert Okuebunam today as the team puts together their final 53-man roster, and we're going to break it down on the DNVR Broncos podcast. Todd Davis, Henry Chisholm, Zach Stevens here to break down what was a very big day in Broncos country today. Not only did the team whittle its roster down to 53 guys, it means they released over 35 guys today. Also, two big trades. We talked to George Payton. We talked to Sean Payton. We even talked to the assistant general manager, Darren Moogie, after practice. So, huge show today. And I can tell you that there's going to be a lot of disagreements and debates because Mm, Henry and I stood together. Todd was too good for us. He was like able to just go wherever he wanted to practice. Henry and I were kind of locked up in a little area. How many autographs do you think you signed today? Um, At least 50. I think there was 50 uh, active military and service people there. So at least 50. How many pictures did you take? More than 50. (laughs) 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 I had a great time hanging out with them and uh, thank them for all their... Oh, all yeah. they do in their service, but uh, all around great. I'm, I'm sad you guys weren't able to be a part of it, but I can tell you we have fun. Yeah, yeah, I mean, a really cool event. USAA put together a thing for the veterans who got to go and watch practice today, hang yeah. out with you, Derek Wolf, uh, and then a bunch of the Broncos came and stopped by after practice as well. Any other former Broncos there? It was just you Steve and, and Steve, of course. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Randy. Okay, oh, awesome. I did awesome. see him there. Yeah, future yeah, Hall of He has the longest, like, uh, signature ever so like once he signed it like i was just trying to find some space to put my but uh yeah he's a great guy so the next time you had to sign first yeah to try to get, get in there space. first yeah. <laughs> yeah so there was a best buy that opened in kalispell montana like i would have been like seven six or seven and for some reason they flew randy out there to sign autographs again just like random best buy northern montana <laughs> i still have the hat that randy signed when That's i was like crazy. seven yeah was it long signature do you remember? Was that your first? I, there's a big 53 on it. I don't, I don't think it was too long. Maybe was that like the first Best Buy in Montana or something? Uh, yeah. Maybe not in Montana, but anywhere nearby, definitely. Yeah. It was a big deal. Yeah, it was. <laughs> I bought a lot of things there. <laughs> Seriously. Always wonder that with Henry. Yeah. And I wonder if Todd agrees with Henry or me. And let's start with Albert O. So news comes out this morning that the Broncos wave Albert O. Psych, before the 2 p.m. deadline, the Eagles come in and get Alberto on a trade. And what the trade looks like is Alberto and a 2025 seventh round pick mm-hmm. are going to Philadelphia, and the Broncos get back a 2025 sixth round pick. 
from the Eagles. So uh, that could end up being a pick swap of just one spot in the draft, depending on where the Broncos and the Eagles land. Uh, that would be bad, worst case scenario because that means the Eagles win the Super Bowl. Yeah. And that's mean the Broncos would have the worst record in the NFL the 2024 season. So really a very minimal pick swap. Yeah. And when you're dealing with picks in the future, they have even less value. So essentially this was the Eagles saying, we want to make sure that we get Alberto mm -hmm. because they're what 31st on the waiver wire. So they, he probably wouldn't have fallen to them and the Broncos get a little something in return. So in the end, the Broncos are able to trade Alberto Todd. Do you think it was the right move for the Broncos to move on from Alberto instead of keeping him in Denver? I would have loved to see him in Denver. I think a trade was could have been the right move as you look at the rest of the room and you look at the guys and realize how much you're going to use tight ends. Um, it could be the right move. I don't think that this was the best option. I think they could have got more for him, mm. but I understand the move based on the players in the room and the amount of tight ends that can be on the field. And I don't know how much of a presence on special teams Albert O has, and that would have been his primary role. So I understand it. I just wish we would have got more than maybe just a pick swap for him. So are you a fan of it? You're, you're, you're playing I'm politician kind of, I'm, with I'm, me. I'm, 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 I'm on the fence with this one. Uh, I'm going to say no, I'm not a fan. Let's go. Let's go, Todd. I am not a fan either. And I'm probably, obviously, when we felt, when Henry and I were debating at practice, mm -hmm. um, it was before the trade was announced, so it was just straight up that they were waiving him. The trade does make it a little more manageable just because they True. were able to get something in return. Uh -huh. But the Eagles are probably going to be good in 2024, which means that pick is probably going to be the end of the sixth round. We'll see about the Broncos. Mm -hmm. So it, it could end up being like a full round that the Broncos jump up, which... I guess is nice, but it's still the end of the draft. So in reality, the Broncos didn't get much in return. And uh, for me, uh, Albert O or a pick swap, the potential that Albert O has, the fact that we finally saw it uh -huh. over these past two weeks, they, they spent three years developing him and three years of just agonizing times where, where you're just like, Albert, why can't you do your, why can't you block a linebacker when you're six, five, two fifty? Yeah. And now he's starting to do some of those things. Now's the time you move on from him. And I just think about the quote that Sean Payton has said many times this off season. The one of the things we fear the most on cut day is saying goodbye to someone that then goes and succeeds somewhere else yep. of all the guys, the Broncos moved on from today. Alberto has the best chance of doing that and going to the Eagles might be like the second best place that he could go to yep. shine. So mm -hmm. I think that Alberto's value here as being a weapon, not a fourth tight end, but a weapon was higher than what they got in return. And I would say the flip side of that though, is that, I think that Nate Adkins has a much better chance of being a good player in the future than Albert O does. And it's not that I hope that things don't go well, but it was cool to see him turn things around a little bit the last two weeks. We also have three years before that that we've seen. And when you have somebody like Nate Adkins come in and play really well, to me, that's who I would bet on. And so that's that's kind of where I come from. And the other side is with Albert O, you know, he is your fourth tight end. And he hasn't done much in special teams. Even when he, he made a play... Uh, the second preseason game, I think somebody asked Ben Kotwika about it and said, yeah. like, it's cool to see that happening. He's like, yeah, he had a, he's had a good week. Like, it was a good play. But he didn't say, like, yeah, things are really turning around. It was like, he did something, you know? So, for Albert, if he were to stick in Denver, if he were the fourth tight end, I don't think he gets a uniform. I think odds are you give uniforms to those three top guys. you got Albert just kind of sitting there like he has in the past. And then at the end of the year, he's a free agent. And so, I... I wouldn't, I think I would have pulled the trigger. When we were talking about before, I said I don't think I would have had the balls to do it. Mm -hmm. Like go with Nate Atkins over Albert O. With the trade, I think I could do it. If somebody offers you something. The I, thing is, though, he wouldn't have been your fourth or fifth tight end, depending on if you kept oh. Nate Atkins as well. Um, he would have been a weapon, an offensive playmaker uh -huh. that you absolutely need for these first few weeks of the season. You have Cortland Sutton. And then you have Marvin Mims. I'm very high on Marvin Mims. Has uh -huh. not caught a pass in the NFL yet. You have Brandon Johnson, who has a handful of catches in the NFL right now. Um, and then you do have Marquez Callaway, who probably is the last receiver on your depth chart, depending on how this roster, the, the last few spots shake out. And Lil Jordan Humphrey, uh, who, same thing, they're probably not going to be on the field too much. Uh, Alberto is just that weapon. Yep. that you could have alongside Greg Dulcich. So um, I do think he, he would get a roster the first oh. few weeks. And uh, I just think that this offense, 
A team that averaged 16 points per game last year needs all the weapons that they can have. And Alberto was one of those weapons that you were finally, finally seeing signs of. Now, was Alberto a great blocker? Did he turn and and develop into a great player over the past two weeks? Of course not. And there's a video that Mark Schlereth put out breaking down how Alberto uh, completely blew a block, which still touchdown Mm -hmm. uh, in the red zone this past week. Yeah, Alberto is not a guy you want out blocking 60 plays a game. But did he show that he's a better blocker, a much improved blocker than the past three years? Absolutely. So you got you had a guy trending in the right direction. Uh-huh. And to move on from him, I think it's just, it's just a little tough. Yeah, um, it is a tough situation, but I think we got to... Uh, although I would want him to stay... We all we keep talking about like three years we've seen him trending like mm-hmm. he wasn't their guy at the same time like yeah. they didn't bring him in they weren't the ones uh, betting on him three years ago um, you know so for them they really had one season with him Sean's had one training camp they're not attached to him and yeah. more so Nate Atkins is somebody they decided to bring in exactly. and they yeah. see potential there even if Albert O you know is is balling I think sometimes. When coaches bring their guys in, their guys get the upper leg, whether they're having a better training camp or not. So I think this is kind of how it worked out this time, and I think that's a lot of the reason why. Well, and you just look at that tight end room, uh, uh, Adam Troutman, a Sean Payton guy. The Broncos actually traded for him because they liked him so much at draft time, but he was in New Orleans. Sean Payton was there when he drafted him. Chris Manhurts, a guy that spent time with Sean Payton in New Orleans. Uh, Nate Atkins... Sean Payton was part of the process mm-hmm. that that brought him in as an undrafted free agent in Denver this year. So really the only non-Sean Payton guy in the tight end room that's still here is Greg Dulcich, who was yep. a third-round pick last year. So, I mean, to your point, uh, Todd, it, this is, especially on the offensive side of the ball, this is Sean Payton's New Orleans Saints that exactly. are really making their yep. way. The, the Saints are marching to Denver this offseason on yep. the offensive side. I mean, side. We've, we've seen what Dion has done yep. um, at CU. Um, even for myself, I don't think I'd go to Minnesota if, if Kubiak is not there. You know, mm-hmm. I think that's the reason why they called me in. He may have said what he said about me and they trust his opinion, but I don't think I'd go there without a coach that I play for yeah. in the room. So I think that's the same thing with guys coming here, man. Definitely. Man, yeah. I just... For Albert's sake, I want to see him succeed in Philadelphia. Yeah, I do too. I'm a little worried that he he is going to succeed and make the Broncos look bad. The Broncos. <laughs> the thing about the Broncos is, I think it's been um, years since the Broncos. Todd, you might be the last guy that the Broncos cut and another team picked up mm-hmm. on on their 53 man squad. The Broncos depth has has been really bad the yeah. past few years. Teams aren't looking to pick up Broncos players. This might be the first one where not only does a team pick him up, and it wasn't a true cut, so it's not going to count the same, but because they traded him, where then a, a guy goes and 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 succeeds. And to me, I, I'm curious to see how the last few spots play out. And we know the Broncos' 58-man roster right now. Yep. They'll make it official what, what the exact 53 is um, in, in the next couple of hours. But I just got to think that Alberto is better than... Uh, the 53rd guy on the roster, not being a, a, a star in special. I think clearly the last three years caught up to him. Yeah. yeah. And to me, um, I understand coaches want to look at the big body of work instead of just the, the, the recent one. But if Sean Payton trusts his coaching staff and he saw his coaching staff developing Alberto, I just mm-hmm. wish that they would have kept him. And I mean, we all thought that he was a lock to make the team, especially yeah. what he did hundred yards on, on Saturday. Mm-hmm. And I, we talked about this part too. It's like I, I'm not scared of Alberto like turning into a guy. Like you were also saying, you know, he might go to the Chiefs, and that's worst case scenario. But again, those things just don't scare me because we've seen him for a few years. And again, I hope him. I hope things go well for him. But at the same time, like he has a hundred yards. He's also mostly being covered by third string linebackers. And if you get to a game, then all of a sudden teams start saying, you know what? Let's put a safety on him. We can game plan and say, like, we're not scared of him as a blocker. You look through last year, yards per route run, uh, 22 players for the Broncos ran a route. Alberto tied for 18th in yards per route run. So he had .69. That's beneath, like, Eric Saubert at .78. Eric Tomlinson, .81. Greg Dulcich, 1.3. Yards like per he, route run, that's not on the tight end, though. Yeah, no, that's not I mean, on the play right? callers. Sort of. And but especially time, if we're discounting so much of what happened on the offensive side of the ball last year because of True. so much dysfunction. I don't think that's fair to blame on him. I, if if you want to see it that way, that's fair. But to me, like he just has never produced. 
And when you have a guy who doesn't produce for three years, I trust that trend more than the 100 yards he had on Saturday. Well, I don't know, man. I okay. think that guys are a product of their environment and their play scheme. And I think he's not given opportunities. I don't mm-hmm. think he can really produce. And hopefully he gets those now in Philly. And I am nervous that he's going to go out there and ball. Yeah, I feel like too. he was trending in the right direction. I think mm-hmm. guys don't make those kind of leaps. Um and kind of backtrack. I think when you see guys trending in the right direction, it, they usually continue on that path. Um, I think if a guy's – guys don't go from good to bad and back to good. Like, I think they're either mm-hmm. – you know, they, they're they they're bad and then they get good or they're just bad the entire time. And he was finally getting good. Um, so I think he'll prosper in a system that is tailored to him. So hopefully they can do that over there. True. So. Yeah, and hopefully the, it works out. And this is a guy who, I mean, he has produced. He has six games of over forty receptions, um, and he's only yards. played in, in twenty what? Right, yards. Yes, yards. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> six <laughs> games of over forty uh, receiving yards. Yeah. He's only played it in twenty six games. So we'll see how it goes. Mm-hmm. Um, this is not going to be something that um, that you know makes or breaks the Broncos' season, but especially just with injuries to. Tim Patrick uh-huh. to Jerry Judy. Uh, they're likely going to be without both of those guys for the first week or two of the season. That that to me, I just I don't want to lose weapons, especially just what we saw on the offensive side uh, of the ball last year. Now another debate. Let's get into let's get into it over a glass of Breckenridge bourbon. Uh, we got them right here. The blue Breckenridge bourbon, the orange Breckenridge bourbon. If you want to partake in the battle of the bourbons that Breckenridge Distillery is doing, you go to BreckenridgeDistillery.com and find their bourbon of Denver Broncos battle, and you can vote for which one's better, the Ed McCaffrey blend or the Alfred Williams blend. We've tried them, and uh, we think there is a clear favor. We like the one that has the vanilla notes, a little sweeter. And if you want to get in on this, not only can you vote for the winner, but you can win two tickets to the Breckenridge Bourbon Whiskey Suite, which is awesome for the Broncos Chargers game on New Year's Eve. Post your favorite Broncos photo to Instagram and Facebook using the hashtag Broncos Bourbon, and the winners will be narrowed down to 10 at the beginning of December. So make sure to stay tuned and enter on BreckenridgeDistillery.com. Breckenridge Distillery can be found in all 50 states, and you can find where to find it over at BreckenridgeDistillery.com. Also, uh, head on over to Bet365 because that's a great place to make a bunch of bets. I mentioned this. I'm not sure. I don't think I said on the podcast, but on what day was the media barbecue? Thursday. Thursday, we were watching the Rockies game. Like, we go up there to get the food. Rockies game is on. They have a lead in, like, the sixth inning, a 3-2 lead. And I was like, oh, got to download Bet365 so I can make a bet on them to blow this lead. And... I didn't download in time and they gave up a home run and then they wound up losing. I didn't make any money. Turns out that was like six games in a row that they had a lead in the sixth inning or later and they lost all six, which is the first time Major League Baseball history that's happened. So uh, I have been just waiting for the Rockies to get leads so I can bet against them. (laughs) And bet 365 is the way to do that. Um, Obviously, right now is a fun time to bet because there's... Uh, college football on the way you gotta get all your nfl futures in right now um there's also the world cup of basketball which i was going to be super into but then Jokic didn't play and jamal murray didn't play so i was like well what am i doing here um but yeah so go over to bet 365 and you can turn one dollar into two hundred dollars of bonus bets if you download the app deposit ten dollars and claim your two hundred dollars in bonus bets as soon as you place a bet for $1. So download the Bet365 app. Use code DMVR365 when you sign up. Must be 21 or older, physically located in Colorado, and please gamble responsibly. Uh, if you or somebody you know has a gambling problem wants help, call or text 1-800-GAMBLER. All right. Speaking of Bet365, we're going to pull a little audible here. And before we dive into the Will Lutz conversation, Brett Maher, uh, let's mm-hmm. get our Bet365 top five best players that the Broncos cut today, yep. that the Broncos moved on from. Uh, who's the best player that the Broncos cut? Alberto's not in this conversation oh, since they traded him. <laughs> <laughs> or um, we can do best uh, top five players they moved on from if you want. Ben DiNucci? Mm, that's <laughs> tempting. I thought we were going to do top that's five tempting. to make the practice I squad. Yeah, so top, I had... five, top five to make the practice squad. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, I'm okay. Sorry. okay. So I was, I was scared too. That. I was like, I'm I'm was like let me think of who the <laughs> yeah. best. But no, I said Ben DiNucci was definitely one of my one. top to make the practice squad. I think that's absolutely yeah. number one. I yeah. think you're you got to keep in, a quarterback. In fact, I think Sean said that 
after practice that okay. like yeah he'll be on the practice squad so would, yep spot on would you be tempted at all to claim bailey zappy and give him a roster spot i'm i'm tempted he, he looked good for the patriots last year like people thought that he was going to potentially take the job from mac jones this year they waived him he's clearly, out there clearly they're not waving a quarterback that's taking like, mac jones well definitely job. well yeah. yeah something must have really he must have been really bad this i haven't been following the patriots <sighs> camp at all so i don't know but like I just think because I thought the same thing too. Like last year, people were clamoring that yeah. he was potentially going to take Mac Jones' job. Now they cut him. Yeah, I, I, there's got to be something wrong. Yeah, I mean it's an upgrade over Ben DiNucci probably. Potentially, but you're saying roster spot. That's not the tough part. Is it spot. worth a roster spot to upgrade? No, that's <laughs> probably a good call. <laughs> yeah, if you see Bailey Zappi, you're probably not winning anyway. Yeah. Ben DiNucci. Yeah, probably not. Um, okay, so Ben DiNucci number one on our bet three six five top five candidates to make the Broncos practice squad. How about Montra Washington? For sure. Right oh. now, the Broncos don't have a backup mm. returner, really. You can, mm-hmm. you can piece it together, and that's what I think the Broncos will do. Mm-hmm. But Montra Washington, a guy that was trending in the right direction, he clearly didn't fully make it all the way there um, with the fair catch at the five-yard line. You don't like to see that, but I saw him in training camp progress a lot, not only as a returner, but as a receiver, a deep threat receiver. Mm-hmm. You want to keep him around and just see if he continues to develop. If he kind of levels off, well, then he's probably a practice squad player, but I want to see if Montreal Washington can de- can continue to develop because remember when they got him last year, he was very much a developmental guy mm-hmm. and needed time. Yeah, I think he did. I, but I think he's a good addition because, like you said, they don't really have a backup. Um, they had a couple guys out there catching kicks, and I was like, hmm, okay. Like, <laughs> <laughs> all right, we'll see how that goes. Um, but I think they he they do need him and will need him at some point of the year. Um, so I think it would be good to have him on the practice squad. Yeah, that's probably a good move. Um, how about uh, P.J. Mustafer? Yeah. There's a nice, solid one. Yeah. He's a good player. Isn't ready yet. Give him some time. Before Elijah Garcia broke out in the preseason, what PJ Mustafer was doing in the in like OTAs and early in training camp, mm-hmm. I thought he was going to be the Elijah Garcia. Then Elijah Garcia really did a great job breaking out. So I, I really like that. Um, I'm gonna go with a, a high talent upside here. I'm gonna go Christopher Allen, the outside linebacker. Uh, Broncos got him as an undrafted guy last year. He was on IR all season. Now the Broncos waived, uh, injured him, uh, or waived him today with an injury designation. So he's a little hurt, um, but. I think he's just such a talented guy. Keep him on, develop him one more year. Yeah. All right, final one. Oh, this is tough. I only got one more to choose from. I'm <laughs> kind of deciding between like Taylor Grimes or Kyle Fuller. Mm, man, Taylor think, Grimes was was good. Yeah, but yeah, I think so too. I like that. All right, I probably go Taylor Grimes. Grimes. Yep. Yeah, Taylor Grimes. Boom. There's our bet three six five top five candidates to make the practice squad. Broncos will start making their practice squad, I believe, officially between ten and eleven a.m. tomorrow. So stay tuned for that, where they get to build a sixteen man practice squad. And a lot of those guys are going to be guys that I, I bet we nailed it. I bet mm-hmm. all five guys go to the practice squad. Um, and we'll certainly talk about that a little bit tomorrow. But we got to talk about the kicker news. The Broncos have their fourth kicker since playing a game last year wow their fourth kicker typically not a good thing to hear um at any position especially kicker where you only have one in the building and you rely on him a lot of course brandon mcmanus was on the team until just before the offseason started then they got elliot fry then they brought in brett maher and now Mm. it is will lutz who the broncos traded a seventh round pick for to bring lutz here and reunite him with Sean Payton. Sean Payton was in New Orleans uh, when Lutz got there in 2016. Lutz was there 2016, 17, 18, 19, 20. Didn't play in 2021 due to injury and was there last year as well. So Sean spent, you know, five years with Will Lutz. Knows him like the back of his hand. And also uh, Mike Westhoff was out there in New Orleans with Lutz for a couple of years. He is clearly their guy. And like we talked about earlier, if you're Sean Payton's guy, Yep, you're coming to Denver. <laughs> Come on, Come on down. Uh, so, Todd, what did you think of this move? Not just not not necessarily even the trade of giving up a seventh round pick, uh-huh. but I guess trading for Will Lutz and then also letting Brett Maher go. Yeah, I was surprised. I felt like Brett Maher kind of turned it on um, towards the end of training camp. I think he looked a lot better. Um, but we talked about it. He's going to go with his guys, uh, yeah. whether it's on the coaching staff or it's you know in the locker room. So um, I hope there's nobody else out there that we're going <laughs> to have to trade for. But uh, yeah, he, he'll definitely be on the team. Um, it's weird because he did have his worst 
percentage season last year. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that's because Sean wasn't there or what, <laughs> and he knows he can get him right. Um, but we'll see. I, I I wonder how many kicks he could miss before, like, the team turns on him mm. or the fans turn on him or, like, like how much leeway does he have? Like, now he's coming over into a situation where, like, we had a kicker that missed some kicks. Like, he kind of has to be perfect, I feel like, before people, like, feel some type of way. Yeah, I, I think you're right on that. And I think that the fans are going to have a way shorter leash yep. with Will than Sean is. Yeah, I think, I think so. any guy that's here is going to have a, a pretty, that, that came from New Orleans, is going to have a pretty long leash with Sean. And I think we're already seeing that. I mean, he called Marquez Calloway and little Jordan Humphrey out two weeks ago. And I haven't seen anything from Marquez Calloway since. And it looks like he's going to make this roster. So clearly he has a longer leash than some other guys that are on this roster. Now, Lil Jordan Humphrey did show us something. Four catches on four targets this past week. Um, but Henry, you are a fan of this trade. I like it. And the thing is, like, I just I can't trust Brett Maher. Like, I just can't do it. Like, you missed five of six extra points in the playoffs. I just can't feel good about that. Mm. And that might be unfair, but that's like how it works, right? Like it's a kicker. You can't just keep giving chance after chance. You miss all those. Something's up. So no second chances for coming from you, Hank. Not for a kicker. Okay. But, Not for a kicker. But what about like a fourth chance? Because I think that's what you're giving Will Lutz here. <laughs> You're not uh, giving him a fourth Okay, well, well, let me explain. Okay. Will Lutz in 2016 um, was an average kicker. I mm-hmm. believe, Henry, you, you said t- um, earlier today on Twitter that the average kicking percentage last year was 83%. I think it's like 83-84 usually. 80, 83-84%. So we're just going to use that as a baseline over these past few years as average. So in 2016, uh, Will Lutz's first year in the NFL, he, had, he kicked 82.4%. So... Just below average, but for your first year in the NFL, mm-hmm. I'll take that. I'm not, I'm not bashing him for that. 2017, he raised it to 86.1%. Trending in the right direction. 2018, 93.3%. Okay, this guy's good. 2019, 88.9%. Down a little bit, but still uh, above average. Mm-hmm. You like that. He was a pro bowler that season. Mm-hmm. In 2020, though, we see things start to go the wrong direction. He was 82.1% in 2020, so his worst season of his career um, up to that point. He didn't play in 2021 uh, because he went on the injured reserve right before the season started with what they called a core muscle injury, like a sports hernia. Sounds just like Riley Moss's injury, how it was explained Mm -hmm. to us. But Will, unfortunately, typically one surgery covers that procedure. He had to have multiple surgeries because there were complications and stuff. So he missed the entire season to that. And then last year, 74.2%. Mm-hmm. It's worse than Brandon McManus was last year. And yep. McManus was cut because of that and maybe some other things. Um, but so I don't think this is like one year trending in the wrong direction. He didn't play in 2021, which... You can't say he's trending in the right direction. Mm-hmm. And then the year before, he was trending in the wrong direction with a slightly yeah. below average season. So if you want to say you can't trust Brett Maher because he had one awful game, and it certainly was an awful game. Missed mm-hmm. five, or, well, he had one awful game where he missed four extra okay. points, and then he had another one where he missed one. Okay. But even then, if you want to say, <laughs> if you want to say he had two bad games, uh-huh. what's a three-year stretch of not looking the best look like? So. <sighs> I can excuse five bad extra points in a row. Um, <laughs> I can't. <laughs> over three full years uh, of not trending in the right direction. So I actually think, and I think this is where Henry and I disagree, mm-hmm. is um, I trust Brett Maher because of, again, only like a mistake within eight days uh-huh. than I do Will Lutz, who is just not trending in the right direction for years. Yeah. The thing is, he's trending down from being a Pro Bowl kicker, though. It's like a, it was a step down from Henry, that to what being it, a pretty what was average last kicker. Year, though? No, last year no, was last, not average. No, no, I'm talking about was was Last year was really bad. Yes. Yeah. That's a full season of bad. But I still trust that more than Brett Maher. And then he was a Pro Bowl kicker, right? But yeah, then there was a kicking competition this year, right? Yes. And then that means he lost. He lost. Yes. He or lost to cheaper, an undrafted. Yeah. Man, and that's just my. <sighs> See, a lot of people in Broncos country are saying it's just a kicker. What does it matter? When you're a team that went, what, four and nine in yeah. one score games last year, um, that matters a lot. Yeah. And I think the Broncos are going to be improved, but I think that I think they're still going to be in like, what is that, 13 one score games mm-hmm. that they were in last year? They're probably going to be in 13 one score games this year. And that yeah. kicking is probably going to be the difference from a winning record mm-hmm. and a losing record. So I think the kicker has so much to do with it. So Definitely. if the Saints are approaching it like, oh, we're trying to save $2 million. 
I think that's a wrong way to run an organization if they're doing that. Yeah, and, and Lutz definitely had a down year, but he also, I mean, to me, Brett Maher is just kind of a journeyman kicker. Like, he's one of those guys who's going to pop up in a couple places, and he's getting an opportunity here and there, and Will Lutz, to me, is a real NFL kicker. And if things don't go well, then that absolutely changes. But, I mean, he's kicked twice as many, more than twice as many field goals as Brett Maher in his career. He's also five years younger. Like, he's just one of the guys in the league like there's like 15 20 real kickers to me and Lutz is one of them um you know he's second in the league in uh field goal percentage among active kickers kickers who are still playing he's 13th in field goal percentage and yes it's a down year but everybody's going to have a flaw like I don't love Will Lutz as much as I just don't really like Brett Maher if you're trying to find a kicker right now you're in trouble you're just you're just trying to give an a give a career achievement award here to Will Lutz he has <laughs> had a good career I just don't think he's trending in the right direction and when, when when you look at Brett Maher he's kicked 50 field goals over the past two years mm-hmm. it's not like he's you know four for five over uh-huh. the last two years 90 mm-hmm. percent too uh, on field goals not extra points obviously the playoffs hurt that um but that's that's better a better two year stretch than Will Lutz has had. So I just I hope here's what I, what I hope happens that Mike Westhoff um, being back with him is able to help him in some way. Mm-hmm. I would just think kicker position is the one that's least reliant on needing obviously a certain scheme, yep. needing mm-hmm. to be back with a certain coach, needing anything like that. Is am I wrong in any of those? Well, ways? I don't know. Remember, uh, Jimmy Palmtrees was here talking about some spy that he had met on the sidelines. Yeah, it's true. That was like a guru <laughs> kicking coach. You never know. Maybe he needs to be back with this guy, and maybe there's something that he used to tell him before games that he's not being told now. Maybe, it's maybe it's a missing link, man. Maybe. He doesn't have Mike's stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> Space Jam juice could be. <laughs> uh, and I hope Sean has that has that juice for Will because the thing is, he's he's 29 years old. The Broncos could. This is the final year of his contract. Um, so it could just be a one-year thing, and then they find another kicker. Or if he does well this year, they could sign him to a four-year deal, and mm-hmm. he could play that through that entire deal. So it's not like this is certainly just a one-year thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Will could be the, the Broncos kicker of the future here. It's possible. He has to make kicks first, though. We'll see. I'm, no, I'm, you, already, you already sold on him. You can't not, be I'm not, down no, on no, him I'm now. Not, I'm not sold on Will Lutz. I'm just really not sold on Brett Maher. I would have gone into week one thinking, this guy's going to screw something up here. Mm. Like, I just can't trust him. And maybe that says more about me than him, but I can at least say, Will Lutz, you're an NFL kicker. Like, I don't have anything in the back of my mind that just, like, terrifies me. How long do you have to be an NFL kicker to be – how long do you have to be in the NFL and be, like, a player for Henry to consider you an NFL player? I'd say, like, being the starting kicker for two years in a row makes you an NFL kicker. Uh-huh. I mean, Maher wasn't. Yes, he was. Was he? No, because the year before, he was with the Saints. And, um, and so he came in when Lutz got hurt. That's correct. So, yeah, okay. for half that year. But then the uh, in 2018, 2019. Oh, okay, before that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's been a full-time kicker for three and a half years. Yeah. He's also 33. Is he still 33? Is he 34 now? Like... That's not a lot of years to be a full-time kicker to also be 34. I don't think you're looking for your long-term kicker necessarily. No. Mm -hmm. 10 days before the start of the season, though. Okay, so let's put a ball on this because I mentioned there were four guys. Yeah. Who would you rather have as as a Broncos kicker week one of this year? Will Lutz, Brandon McManus, (laughs) Elliot Fry, or... uh, um, Brett Maher, and I want your answers after I tell you about our friends Ooh. over at Kind Love. After these debates, Henry might need to smoke a little Kind Love. Calm I have bit. too many things to get done, <laughs> but, but I would true. love to smoke some Kind Love. <laughs> Maybe the Broncos. They, they uh, Sean Payton said that they're going to be in the building until 2 a.m. tonight going over all the thousand players mm-hmm. that were cut, and George Payton said, Sean hasn't done this enough. We're going to be here till 5 a.m. doing this. Maybe they'll need uh, to, to indulge in something to keep them going, or maybe that would actually bring them down. It might, it might make you a little sleepy. Make, make you a little sleepy. Who's to say? But if you want it, you can check out our friends over at Kind Love. Scan the QR code on our screen or visit one of their stores in Cherry Creek or North Denver and use the code DNVR, and you'll get 25% off their, their all Kind Love flower pre-rolls and their Turbo Joint line. And you know that Turbo Joint line packs a punch. So check them out. They're available in over 100 stores around the state so look for kind love products and check out their store in cherry creek or north denver mention the code dnvr for 25 percent off over at kindlove.com and if you've been seriously injured in colorado 
Backus and Shanker is here to help. Call 222-2222. When you get hurt, Backus and Shanker is here to help. They help win for families in Colorado day and night. They've won over a billion dollars in cases. Uh, There's no upfront fee to speak with us. There's no fee while they work on your face, work on your case. There's no fee unless you win, and they win money for you. I think that's a great deal. Uh, they have tons of locations all over Colorado, Denver, Aurora, Inglewood, Fort Collins. You can't go wrong trusting in Backus and Shanker. So call them up at two 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 two. Boom. There we go. All right. So you get those four options who the Broncos all had in the building. They could choose between any of them. Todd. Who would you want week one? I think if I went with anybody but Brandon McManus, I think that I would be crazy. I think, you know, one, he's my guy, but also I've seen him nail kicks and keep us in games and make big plays for us. So I've seen it firsthand more than any of these other kickers. And um, like you said, everybody has an off year. His year last year was better than Will Lutz, and they brought him in. So uh, if you give somebody a one-year, I don't know, uh, mulligan, I'd take B-Mac anytime. Yeah, Yeah. my list would – I, I really like Brett Maher. I think he had five, <laughs> a, a really bad eight-day stretch. A really bad eight-day stretch. Uh, I mean, as humiliating as you can be on mm-hmm. national TV and playoff games, he's been a good kicker the past two years, specifically last year, one of the best in the NFL. So especially, and here's why I'm going to give the edge to Maher, is the contract. He, he was in, ten, in Denver for vet minimum. Um, and so I'd probably go Maher number one. Mm-hmm. BMAC number two because of, like you said, I mean, BMAC had a down year, so I understood why the Broncos moved on from him. But if you're bringing in another guy that's had a down year and, and fewer down years, that doesn't make sense. So mm-hmm. BMAC number two, then I probably would go um, Elliot, or with Will Lutz here and then Elliot Fry just because he's really kicked like six kicks in the NFL fourth. Yeah. Um, BMAC number one. Like that's like if Will Lutz to me is that tier where it's like you're an NFL kicker, BMAC is one where it's like, you're a good kicker. Like, a team is lucky to have you. And then Mar, you know, he's number three. And Elliot Fry, like you said, he's he aspires to be Brett Maher. <laughs> so that one, though, that kick that he missed, that uh, Maher had missed early in preseason, yeah. you think the Broncos move on Oof. if he doesn't miss kicks? It's, it's oh. such a good question. You got the, they got some PTSD from... Week one of uh, preseason? I would say yes, except I think Sean kind of showed his hand today at the podium. He uh, said, we had our eyes on Will from the beginning. Oh, and okay. I think when he said the beginning, he meant once we saw New Orleans sign an undrafted uh, kicker, I think that's when we knew that there was a, a kicking competition mm-hmm. in New Orleans, and that's when we had our eyes on Will Lutz. So I think even if Brett doesn't miss any field goals in preseason, they still bring in Will Lutz. Because he's Sean's guy. That's tough. And that's something that's a player that you don't even know. Like, you think you're out here fighting for your job. You're doing everything you can. You think you can really change their minds or make them believe in you. But you were gone (laughs) as soon as they saw (laughs) there was a kicking competition. Like, there was nothing you could have did. That sucks. Uh, It's got to be so frustrating. Especially for a position like that where it's not like inside linebacker where you think you're the starter. Uh And then they bring someone else in. But you're a backup. You're still on the team. No, with kicker, it's like, nope, if you're not the dude, you're gone. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe they'll bring Brett on the practice squad. You imagine they'll have some kicker (sighs) in and out of the practice squad. I don't think it's worth the roster. Like, I'd rather give the – tell him to go kick some balls on his own. Like, does he need to be at practice? (laughs) Like I just, I just think I would rather keep somebody else in the building and say like, "Hey, Brett, we'll give you a call if we need you. Don't keep keep that leg warm." Man, yeah, that's a tough business of the NFL. Yeah, I, I just, I don't mean to come off as like mean to Brett Maher, but I mean it's, it's a just, business. Side. It's a, a lot day of people, for it. A lot yeah. of people are saying that I'm negative today, uh, and I do get that the two moves that the two biggest moves they've made, I'm not the biggest fan of. Again, the Alberto one isn't a big deal mm-hmm. but we're Probably talking not. about it because it's the biggest one um and then we'll see if you don't have a kicker and if you're trading for a kicker on august 29th it probably means there's some sort of issue with your kicking game mm-hmm. and there's mm-hmm. probably going to be some sort of issue throughout the season let's just hope that will lutz can be back to that 2019 form um okay let's let's talk about the other moves because the broncos have made like 35 other moves today mm-hmm. yeah. back of the roster hank what stands out a uh, big thing that stands out is that there's still four undrafted free agents on the roster. Yeah. And I guess I haven't been paying too much attention. Maybe some cuts are coming in. So as it stands right now, there's 58 guys on the roster. Um, three of them are going to be cut today. 
so that they can carry three players through the day, put them on the short-term IR, or I guess just the IR with the chance to bring back tomorrow, then re-sign them tomorrow. So that gets you down to 55. So really, there's two more guys who are on the team right now who won't actually be on the active roster. So we don't know who that is, and it could be two undrafted free agents. Pretty crazy, though. You get Julio McLaughlin, get Alex Pelshevsky, you get... Uh, Nate Atkins. Um, Nate Atkins, and then you get Thomas Incum, the outside linebacker who we've hardly talked about um, just because he, I thought he had a pretty quiet camp, but he was the guy they gave the most uh, money to in the form of a signing bonus after the draft. What did the Broncos have? Like five draft picks? Yeah, something like that. That's that's a way to really help with a, a, a weak draft class in terms of numbers yeah. is to hit on four undrafted guys. Yep. I mean... Todd, you know more than anyone how hey. hard it is to make it as an undrafted mm-hmm. guy. The Broncos have this cool tradition of, what, like 20 of the past 21 years, at least one undrafted guy has made the roster, uh, uh, the the initial 53-man roster. But we're talking about one guy. Typically, it's only one guy. Yeah. Yeah. Four guys? Yeah. I, it's crazy because when I was in New Orleans with Sean, although I didn't make the active roster the first day, there was a couple undrafted free agents. And also, there was a couple guys from, like, D2 schools, like we had a ton of people that weren't top tier as far as like the recruiting process yeah. or the or the uh, draft process, but he's able to find talent and he doesn't mind keeping guys who don't have a name, who are undrafted. But if you can play, he wants to have you on, on his team. So it makes sense to me. I think there's a lot of talent in undrafted players. Guys that go to small schools, I think um, they don't get a lot of love, but there's a lot of talent at these small schools. And you know, if I was ever in the front office, I think that's the first place I'm looking. I'm not yeah. drafting them in the first round, but yeah. Yeah. I'll definitely yeah. go and uh, pick some guys up because, man, shout out to all the undrafted free agents, yeah. man. It's a tough mm-hmm. business. You yeah. get almost zero chances. You definitely have to come ready to work. But just the fact that four guys have the possibility to make the team shows that they've been ready. And the number one guy that people know, Jaleel McLaughlin, yep. I mean, has the record for most rushing yards of any college football player ever. He can play football. Yes. He's just a little undersized. I mean, it's not like he's tiny, but he is he is undersized um, and came from a small school. So people just wrote him off. Uh, and then Sean, just glowing reviews about your guy, Nate Atkins, just I mean, said he uh, uh, pretty much whatever you ask him to do, he's going to do when it comes to blocking. Yeah. How could you not be glowing about him? Like the guy didn't miss a block all preseason, got called for the one holding, and that's kind of the only downside. But he's just manhandling like defensive end. He'll like go in and get the inside linebacker. Like, just whoever they line him up against, he's just pushing them back and creating big holes, which is really exciting. And you you have four undrafted free agents. There's a good chance one of them turns out to be a, a good player for you. Like, somebody who starts uh, at some point. You know, yeah. you had Rod Smith, Chris Harris, CJ Anderson, Shaq Barrett, Wesley Woodyard, Tyler Columbus, Phil Lindsay. Like, yeah. the, it's not just a, a list of guys who made list. the team. It's a list of guys who've gone on to be important players for the Broncos. Yep. Yeah, and of course, Todd Davis, not with the Broncos yeah. the first year. You almost year, count. <laughs> <laughs> you almost count. <laughs> almost, almost. You almost make the list. Watch, watch what you it's say. With the Bronco. bigger than you. Did the Broncos offer you? I talked to Alex today. Uh, oh, yes. no. He wanted me to tell you hello. Oh. <laughs> no, I don't know if the Broncos offered me the first time around. Really? I, yeah, I don't even know. Do you know how like oh. how many teams? Um... I think the Saints were the first. I think it was maybe three teams. Okay. And the Saints were the first. My agent was like, the first one's to call. I think you should just mm. go with them. She's like, your first is the best um, option. And that was it. Yeah. And clearly you made the right decision. Worked out. Hey, it all good, worked out. Good agent uh, information there. And speaking of agent information and playing the game, Henry mentioned something that's interesting that the Broncos are going through. And uh, I just think it gets thrown out there a little too casually. And Todd, you might have a little more insight on this. Henry mentioned that there's going to be some procedural moves in the next 24 Mm -hmm. hours. And what that means is the Broncos are going to cut, what was it, three or four guys? Is that what George and Sean said? You said three. Three guys that are vested veterans, so they don't go on the waiver wire, meaning teams can't claim them. Mm -hmm. When they're cut, they get to sign with any team that they want. And the Broncos are going to cut three of these guys and then just bring them back tomorrow after they put three guys mm-hmm. on the short-term IR. And the reason they do it is because of the new IR rule. So players can come back, but they can only come back if you put them onto injured reserve after they make the 53-man roster. 
So that's why you need to have him on the roster today. But tomorrow you can put him on IR and sign back those other guys into those spots. And to be one of these guys that you cut and doesn't hit waivers, they have to have over four years of experience in the NFL. So you're cutting a veteran. Mm -hmm. The Broncos did it last year with Mike Purcell, where they cut him today and told him and agreed with him, we're going to just sign you back tomorrow. Will you sign back with us if we do this? And they say yes, and then they do that. But Mm -hmm. for one day, they're a free agent. There is no more contract. (laughs) They are cutting the contract off right there. I just get a little hesitant of saying, like, yeah, procedural moves, nothing to worry about. Todd, is there a chance that I'm just trying to think, throw out some names, and not necessarily these guys, but Kareem Jackson. Mm -hmm. Um, Who else? Purcell again. Mike Mm -hmm. Purcell again. Um, Josie, in theory, fits the bill. Could be. So so we're talking, like, starter type of guys. Uh Um, Is there a chance that you know, the team would cut one of these guys and then another team would come and say, yeah, we like you, Kareem Jackson. The Broncos are going to bring you back for the mm-hmm. $2 million that you were going to make. We'll give you $3 million. And then this procedural move actually turns out to really hurt the Broncos. Or should I not be worried and it's procedural and it's nothing to worry about? No, I mean, you got to always be worried when guys are free agents. Um, I think, you know, if it was me and I got an offer for significantly more money, yeah. I think I'm out. Um yeah, but it's tough. I think those guys specifically, I don't think any of them would do it. I feel like those guys are kind of loyal yeah. to the Broncos, loyal to the staff, loyal to um, what they built here. Um, but myself, if I got <laughs> offered for significant money, I might have to say I'm out. You were one of those loyal guys until they weren't loyal to you. Hey, man, that's how the game goes. And you <laughs> yeah. learn it quickly. Yeah. I mean, you hear guys in the locker room talking about, like, take care of yourself. Like, nobody's going to take care of you. Make sure you're watching what you're doing. Make sure you're getting all your pay stubs. Like, just take care of yourself because nobody else in the organization or in the league is going to do it except for you. And you're like, man, you old. Yeah. You don't know what you're talking <laughs> about. They got me. My coach loves me. I go see John. We have good conversations. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? He knows my mom. Like, <laughs> yeah. that never happens. <laughs> and sure enough, like, yeah. <laughs> like clockwork, uh, it happens to you. And you're like... Dang, I should have listened. Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. And then uh, probably not the exact same because it was a COVID year when you were in Minnesota, uh-huh. but you probably would have been one of those guys in that locker room being like, don't trust anyone. Exactly. I, I trusted the Broncos too much. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. I definitely told some guys, you know, to stay on their toes. You know what I'm saying? Make sure you're watching everything that's happening. <laughs> yeah. <for sure. laughs> uh, anything else that we need to know about the Broncos roster, Hank? Um, They still, or no, they did cut Michael Bandy. Uh, they still have a couple DBs. More than you'd expect. Tremont Smith is there. Fabian Moreau is there. Um, they've still got six safeties with Delarian Turner, what Yell, um, JL Skinner, PJ Locke, and then like your big three. Um, so you'd think the secondary that's probably where at least one of those cuts would come from. And then after that, I'm honestly not sure. Like I guess probably another no, they because they cut the other defensive lineman this morning too. Might be two from the secondary. I bet corner and a safety. Mm-hmm. Would if if I were to bet, yeah, yeah, that yeah. that's definitely where it could be since they're they're heavy on defense. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of notes talking to Sean and George after these cuts were made. Baron Browning is going to stay on the PUP, which means yep. he's going to miss at least the first four games of the season. But the way they're talking about him, specifically George, it sounds like he's going to be back right after that four week window. Uh, he said he's ahead of schedule in recovery and doing well, so that's good news. Mm-hmm. I still just don't expect much from Barron this year. Missing all offseason, missing all of training camp, missing the first month of the season, especially in a room that's pretty deep. Uh-huh. I just have to imagine that that's going to be hard for him to get back into football shape and to get back into like being a football player to, to overcome all of these guys that are in his room. So it's good news about that, but I'm not counting on Barron to be like an all-star this year. Yeah, it takes mm-hmm. time. I remember when I tore my even I tore my calf in training camp and I even had all of all season to get right and get healthy and I think I came back the third game of the season but I wasn't myself until at least the fifth game of the season so it takes time and I had off season so I do expect him to come in and play a good role he may not he definitely won't be his same self but he should be solid in there and then be able to get his legs back underneath him and really progress in the next season yeah yeah, yeah. and Jerry Judy not going on the short-term IR, meaning the Broncos believe he's going to be back mm-hmm. before week five. Um, that could be any time from week one to week four. Um, that's hopeful news in terms of how they view his recovery. Yeah, that's definitely good news. I think we've mostly gotten to that point thinking that that's probably what was going to happen, but 
you love to see it because they just can't afford to say like, ah, he might be back week three, week four. We'll just we'll just sit him out the first four weeks. He'll be good to go week five. Like if he's ready to go, if he's totally healthy, you need him out there at this point because you don't have many options. I just hope that if he comes back in week three in the Miami Heat, hopefully he's fully ready to go because a hamstring mm-hmm. after not playing for six weeks and being in that Miami Heat, uh, that scares me. But I trust you, you got to just trust the team and the medical staff at, at this point. Yeah, I mean, that's all you can do. I mean, yeah, I think he'll be back. I think he'll be able to be good. A hamstring, they are touchy. Like, you definitely can pull him again really quick. So hopefully they get him all the way back healthy. Um, I know there's a lot of things you could do to make sure and wrap him up tight uh, so that in that heat it doesn't get to him. So I think he'll be good. Whenever I hear you say Miami Heat, I just smile. (laughs) Think about that championship. I didn't even think about that. I never realized. Is that what their name is for it's just it's hot in miami adds up yeah i bet that's it (laughs) it's kind of a lame name then if you think about it it's a weird one yeah yeah yeah. what would denver be the denver cold it's not that cold the denver sun denver freeze denver free see that's that's Mm. even better though than Ah. heat Mm -hmm. because that's got like a little something to it but i mean okay the alaska cold the Anchorage cold. <laughs> that is bad. Yeah. That is a really bad team name. <laughs> um, what's not bad is our friends over at Saturday Neon. And whether your college has a bad name or not, they've got a sign He's for you. Untouchable, man. And their <laughs> signs are going to be ice cold or extra hot, depending on what you like to say. If you like <laughs> think things true. are hot or cold, if it's good or bad. Check out our friends <laughs> over at Saturday Neon. If you're a Buffs fan, game coming up in four days. Get your wow. Saturday neon sign for your man cave, woman cave, for your game day cave. <laughs> and you can get 10% off by using the code DNVR over at SaturdayNeon.com and free shipping on orders of over $200. So check out all the cool signs I have over at SaturdayNeon.com. And if you set, decide to order for yourself or someone else, use that code DNVR to get 10% off. Man, I think you're untouchable now. I think you've reached another level. I think they call it the GOAT status of Reeds. I'm, I think, I'm honored to I get think that you're there, job. so hats off. Uh, shout out to Illegal Pete's, man. Um, they're great at making burritos, tacos, yeah. mm. uh, nachos. Uh, they do a good job, um, and I love to eat there myself. They have a happy hour every day from 3 to 6, so you can't go wrong. They have a full bar, a whole bunch of local craft beers. Um, so, like I said... Check them out. Happy hour, 3 to 8 p.m. at all the 12 locations. Illegal Pete's. You can't go wrong, um, and you'll be happy with it. You certainly can't go wrong with Illegal Pete's. Are you pulling something out? Do you have a little show and tell here? Yeah, so I was just upstairs. Somebody left this coupon for one free house mark or draft beer at Pete's. What did they leave? A coupon. Coupon or coupon? Coupon. Yeah. No way, Everybody says coupon. What did you Um, say? Coupon. There's no coupon. Q in this Wait, word. What did I say? I just said coupon. coupon. Oh, there we go. Wait, there we go. No. What do you think I said? Coupon. No, Todd definitely no, coup- said coupon. I'm coupon. taking a No, I think... No, you're just doing a thing. No, I found this upstairs on the table, and I saw it. Yeah, they it. say coupon. Uh, Literally, it, it was the only coupon. time that you've been off the show. Uh, last Thursday... And we had like four people in this room, and they all said coupon. And I was like, what Wait, are you what guys talking about? Okay. Coupon. No, it's coupon. coupon. It's no. I think it's coupon. Yes, yes. My bad. Yes, I think it is coupon. I kept trying to say, I don't... <laughs> no, yeah, Where's the Q? Yeah, well, the point is, this is my coupon that I stole from upstairs, and I'm pretty excited about it. What is it? Uh, one free house mug or draft beer. Any pizza location. What? Let me see. Wow. No. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> Damn, what a find. We I know, need, right? We need illegal pizza to hook us up with those. Somehow yeah. the Nuggets guys get all this, like, mm. they are always they have some sort of connection over there that we need to get our hands on. Yeah, of this course, is start. they're the ones to land it all. Hmm. 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 Well, we got Todd on our hmm. side now, we so I think, I think we can true. take all the coupons. That's true. <laughs> um, okay, let's uh, hop into the comment section. Do we have any super chats? We got a super chat. And before we dive into these, hit us with a thumbs up. We'd really appreciate it. We have a big show today. Tons of people tuning in and only a few likes and thumbs up. So we're trying to get to the buffs, what they had earlier this show. Mm -hmm. We're way behind. So let's catch them. Hit us with a thumbs up. It really helps us. And we appreciate it a lot. First super chat coming in from Dante says, one last time, y'all. Albert Okuebunam. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I wonder how many more times I'm going to say that. Hopefully, well, only like maybe three or four, depending on how he does. Yeah. Or that's the thing, though. Broncos, Eagles in the Super Bowl. You'll be saying that name a lot. Hey, if, uh, 
I hope so. <laughs> I'll say his name over and over again if that's what it takes to get to a Super Bowl. Todd, just how Okuwe tough Bunan. would it be to cover a 6'5", 250-pound tight end that runs a 4'4", 9'40"? Man, it's tough, man. I'm <laughs> yeah. telling you, that kid, that, that kid is good, man. I hope they use him the right way. Um, he's definitely talented. He seems like he's figuring it out. It's not easy to do, man. Yeah. I've definitely had some struggles <laughs> over the years covering <laughs> really talented tight ends. but And that's just the one thing about these guys. And typically, these are like the first-round picks we're talking about where they mm -hmm. just get opportunity mm -hmm. and opportunity and opportunity because they have the size. And size mm -hmm. is one thing. Size and speed, one thing you can't teach. Uh -huh. Now, Albert, fourth-round pick, um, so he's not going to get as many opportunities, but he just has that one thing that, that, you, can't, uh, that you can't teach. Yeah. All right. I mean, yeah, even if he was drafted in the second round, I don't think we were not trading him at yeah. that point. Mm. And there's nothing different except for draft stock. Like, mm -hmm. But as far as his talent, it would be the same. But if they felt like they used the second round draft pick on him, they want to allow him to develop. That's true. That is true. But on the flip side, if he, if he had been a second round pick, he would have gotten that Nick Benito treatment where it's like a full year of people saying like, wow, Nick really can't. Like, why did they spend a second round pick on him and all that stuff? And now Nick is turning it around. And he's going to hopefully start to get some of the praise that he deserves if he does that. But there are like the expectations that come with it too. And like Albert O would have been taking a beating on Twitter for the past few years. He was a second round pick and sounds like Albert's turning it yards. around though, right? It looked he had, like hey, it. Hey, he had a couple weeks. really good preseason <laughs> games. And I wonder, I still wonder if you game plan and say, we're not putting linebackers on him. We're going to put safety on him. We're not scared of the blocking. What happens, you know? But I hope, I hope he does well. I wish that that could have been more clear today. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's hop into the comment section. Bronco and SD comes in and says, how have your expectations for Greg Dulcich changed after the preseason? He came out over the moon, but then seemed like he underwhelmed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know if it was him. I think it was, once again, opportunities. Mm. Um, yeah. You know, they're using him differently than the coaching staff did last year. So he's not going to look the same and his opportunities won't be the same. So I think he's still the same talented player just without the same opportunities. So he doesn't look amazing like he did last year. Yeah, I, I think he's going to have a big first couple weeks. I think that he probably benefits the most from Jerry Judy not being out there just because they they need an option. And, and so this like Greg Dulcich package, you come up with like your 10 – maybe Greg Dulcich plays or plays that you want him on the field for where he's lining up in the slot. Well, now you might turn that into 20. You might turn to 30, play him half the game if Jerry Judy's not out there. So it, I definitely don't feel better about him after training camp just because he didn't really do all that much. But I do think that things will turn around quickly. I'm buying stock because I think things are about to change. He has to. I mean, like Can't he has to, Russell Wilson <laughs> needs him to, Sean Payton needs him to, especially mm -hmm. the first few weeks of the season. Yep. He has to be uh, a really good option. So, Hank, I'm with you. I would buy stock uh, mm -hmm. on Greg Dulcich, especially early on in the season, because if you need to, just make him a wide receiver mm -hmm. for the first few games. Have him be in your slot um, and have tight end or have uh, in big linebackers try to cover him and just hope that he can get mm -hmm. open against them, which I – He's proven that he can. We might need to have a show next week where we buy some stock and some players. Mm, I like mm. that. Who are our guys? Who are, we, who are our guys going in? Because you're not just buying like Pat Sertan's stock is already it's expensive through the roof. Exactly. So you're probably like if you want stable stock, you spend a lot of money on that. Oh, yeah. But uh -huh. how much can that stock actually go up? I'm trying to get rich here. Jaleel mm. McLaughlin. Give me Nate stock. Atkins, yeah. <laughs> is, yeah, I was going to say, Jaleel's is probably a little rich right now, too, just because a lot of people are probably buying yeah. that. Yeah, the people are raising that price up. Nate no, Atkins, yeah. though, that, you probably get good value on that. I, somehow you still can. <laughs> people are going to learn. We were talking about it today. I think we talked for like 20 minutes about whether trading Albert O is a good thing. And uh, what we came up with was, I think Nate Atkins is going to be Kyle Juszczyk, and you think Albert O is going to be Kyle Pitts. So yeah, yeah, there we go. <laughs> that's where we landed. Juszczyk is a big compliment. I know. That's, that's a nice huge that. compliment. So, Patrick Ricard also went to South Carolina, and he apparently during the season was saying, like, yeah, Nate Atkins is the next Patrick Ricard. And he was like a Pro Bowl fullback. I'm oh. not sure. I guess he was Falcons, though, so you might not play him much. Mm -mm. But where did Nate Atkins go to school? Also, South, South Carolina. Carolina. Oh, so a South Carolina player yeah. is saying something good about a South <laughs> exactly, Carolina yeah. player? I'm no, shocked. No, he's saying this is this is next me. Look at him. He's doing the things I did. That's like when Will Lutz's agent and Chris Thomason does great uh, work with the Gazette, but he uh, 
Chris talked to Will Lutz's agent today. Mm-hmm. And can you believe this, Todd? What Will Lutz's agent said about Will Lutz? He said he's going to be a pro bowler this mm-hmm. year. He said the Saints made the wrong decision in choosing the other kicker over Will Lutz. Can you believe that? That's so surprising. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Next one coming in from the county. He says, I always knew that Hank and I were cut from a similar cloth, but now I know that he is a fellow coupon user. My suspicions oh, are yeah. confirmed. Yeah, fitting. He yep. says, also, I fully support the bug museum affinity oh yeah i didn't i didn't actually get a chance to go wow, all my big plans game. i know i was really excited friday I'm actually, and sunday yeah i well it was gonna be i was gonna go friday if lexi didn't want to come with which is reasonable but then she did want to come with but then things didn't work out on saturday so we couldn't go and then game grades on sunday so i just didn't get a chance to Dang. actually go see that but i guess they had like massive bugs it's like five feet tall like the people who made like the sets for Lord of the Rings put together the exhibit at the museum over there. I was like, it's the last day. I might as well go check it out. But does that sound fun to you, Todd? Hell no. <laughs> Thank you. But there's, there's, Thank like, you. Uh, there's like one bug. It like just flaps its wings so fast that it gets so hot that it kills the other bug and it eats it. That's in real life. That's in real life. And then they made a really big one so you can go see what it's like. That's the um, last thing I want to see. It's not just like, hey, come look at an ant. Like they're like weird things. I don't like bugs. I just thought. I, you wanted to go to the bug museum. It's not the bug museum. It's a bug exhibit <laughs> at the museum. That's pretty much the same thing. Yeah, I wouldn't go to a bug museum. That is, they creep me out. That is crazy. He goes on and says, I've seen a lot of websites referring to Judy's hamstring injury. Uh, why can't they use... Oh, he said he's seen a lot of websites referred to Jerry's injury as a hammy. Why can't they use the term hamstring? It's the same amount of syllables. Are there only <laughs> other major injuries that we give cutesy names to? Love the count. Ooh, definitely hammy. Yeah. Um, the only other quadricep is quad. Yep, quad, you're right. Yeah, you're that's right, quick, you're right. Yep. But is that cute or is that just not truly actually yeah, short? Quaddy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Quaddy. <laughs> Tore my Kathy. <laughs> uh, that's that's fair. The only thing that pops up in my mind is just when a head coach calls a groin injury a little groin. Uh-huh. Yeah, that was, yeah. That's always funny. Um, He's got a little groin. <laughs> Uh, Next one from Nash Bronco to round us out here says, with all due respect to Alberto, seeing his improvement against third and fourth stringers in a single preseason game did not convince me he should have made the team after struggling for three prior years. You guys said it yourself. The visor wants the best 53 players on the roster. And if Atkins is a better blocker, that makes him more valuable. I may be the minority here, but cutting Alberto makes sense to me. So then you definitely liked that they traded him. And I don't know, is... What's more valuable, a blocking tight end or a receiving tight end? I would say a receiving tight end, but if they feel like they're going to get their receiving yards in other ways, then a blocking tight end. So if yeah, they're going to use Corlin Sutton Lott and Jerry Judy and Greg Dulcich, then they do need somebody to block up um, so they can take long shots downfield. So I, it depends on how you want to use your receivers. Yeah, yeah, that's mm-hmm. fair. Is Nate Atkins, is he a... Uh, or not Nate Atkins, Michael Burton, is he a one-year contract guy, I think? I believe he is, yeah. Could Nate Atkins be his replacement after this year? It's possible. I mean, the way they, the way they have it set up, like it's just Sean Payton who likes to do all those different things. Now Michael Burton's just like your pure fullback. You've got Atkins who you'll like line up at fullback, motion him up to the line, or like motion him back, like all that F-back type stuff. You've got Manhurts who's just like a great blocking tight end, but he's just going to be big and stand on the line. Like you probably don't see him in the backfield that much. He's like an extra lineman. They've got Troutman who's kind of the same thing, but with more receiving ability. So you get that little bit of versatility. And then the far end of the spectrum is Dulcich who lines up. So all those guys are just like kind of similar, but just a little bit different. And there's all these different things that they're going to do. And I'm curious what they're going to look like. You never really hear of a player being called a versatile blocker. That's, that's it, yeah. what Nate Adkins is, which I don't know uh, if that gets me excited or not. Not uh, not really, but Sean Payton clearly likes that. That's a little role for Nate Adkins. Yep. I mean, he's just pulling and clearing things open. He's just lining up on defensive linemen, just pushing them back. Like he's playing as a fullback and lead blocking opening holes. Like he's just doing all sorts of different things. It's it's awesome. And if if he does it in the regular season, he's gonna be a stud. You're like Michael Burton, Hank. You just get you get pumped up for blocking, for oh, blocking yeah. fullbacks. I love it. <laughs> I love it. And before we get out of here, we got one more super chat coming in from Desert Bronco. Says, can we talk about Albert's crazy hands? If he can get underneath mm-hmm. the linebackers with that catchability, we would be a or he would be a great threat. 
Yeah, I mean that one-handed catch was nuts. Yeah, that, it was. That was, it was. Uh, that was a Sports Center top ten play. It had to be um, mm-hmm. because he has just a unique ability. Uh, that speed and size mm-hmm. um, it is just—it's tough to match. But clearly, the Broncos were done with potential with him, mm-hmm. and I understand mm-hmm. that that potential eventually does expire on a player. Um, I just wish again that he—I uh, would understand the move if he hadn't been showing that he was trending in the right direction. Yeah. I could show you a one-handed catch from Nate Atkins against Clemson too. Damn! Yeah, just how far you got to go back? <laughs> November twenty-six, twenty twenty-two. Oh, oh that's in the past yeah. year. Nothing in the league. Though? Okay. <laughs> no, no. The it was in the ACC. Okay. It's like in top that, two con- is that top still three a conference? conference. Yeah. Still a conference. Maybe top four conference. Yeah. Still a conference. Clemson's good. <laughs> Just not as much last year. Clemson's but. good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that'll do it for us today. Stay tuned to the DNVR.com. We're gonna follow the final moves. Stay tuned. Where tomorrow we'll be coming live to continue to break down the Broncos Raiders as we get close to the regular season. We'll be breaking down extra roster moves as well. So we'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for tuning in. Take you back one last time